and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the seventh inning stretch. As always, my name is Josh Edwards. Our host this evening is Josh Lewis, and our special guest this evening is the Logan Stone. Yeah. Well, hello there. Polite golf claps. Actually, I'm in Arizona, so we just had the waste management open. There's no such thing as uh, polite golf claps at that thing. But. No, that is the one tournament where it <laughs> gets a little crazy. Yeah, um, it's weird. Uh, it's weird being on this side of the of the spectrum. Right? I, uh, I most people I, know who Logan is, but now Logan's a guest. Like, yeah, <laughs> the house that Logan built. No, anyways. Right. Glad to be on. Glad to have you back in a different capacity. So uh, like Edward said, my name is Josh Lewis, and we are going to lead things off today, no pun intended, with uh, hopefully everybody is having a great national football hangover day. Are you guys feeling okay after Super Bowl yesterday? Oh, yeah. I had to work today. <laughs> I had to live out. <laughs> right. I'm still on the side of like we should put the Super Bowl on Saturday, like so that we have a a day to rest. rest. I would be fine with that because they get two two weeks off. Oh man! And so it's seven o'clock at night Central Time. We Damn are right, Susie. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so we're going to start a new thing on this show uh, that I will give all credit to Edwards for because that was it was his idea. Uh, but we are going to start a new segment called three strikes you're out and what that means is we are going to be ending the show with you guys listening or watching uh get to throw whatever you want at us we'll pick the three best comments or questions or uh concerns arguments whatever you want to call them whatever you guys say in the comments uh we will pick the three best ones and we will end the show with that uh, hence the three strikes and we are out. So as you're going through the show, uh, listening to the show, anything that pops into your head in terms of a question can be related to what we're talking about, could be something that we're not talking about, whatever crosses your mind in the baseball world, uh, or I guess that you want to know about us hosts or something. I don't know. But anything you guys want to throw out there, uh, Edwards and I will answer at the very end of the show. So stick with us and we will do that at the end. But before yeah, we get, I want to justify. I want to justify that? something. I want to justify something. Okay. When we say the best questions, it's what we feel are the best. Our <laughs> right. It could be the funniest. It could. It could be the most insane. It, it can be our version of what we feel is the best message. There you go. I like so, it. Yes. Send yes. us what you got, guys. Because yeah, little caveat. <laughs> it's what it's what the Joshes think are the best. So. Um, all right. So that being said, we're going to kind of bounce around to a few different things today. Uh, topic number one, I wanted to get Logan's thoughts on because we were kind of chatting uh, just via text message earlier today uh, that we have a new uh, owner shakeup a little bit in the National League with the passing of the Washington Nationals uh, owner. And there's always kind of a shakeup when an owner passes away, right? Um, there's always going to be something uh, a little bit different or we're all wondering kind of what's going to happen or anything like that. But Logan, I wanted to get kind of your thoughts. Like you're like, Hey, this is big news. This is going to have a lot of implications. So what do you see kind of as happening next? Like what, what makes you say that? Well, first of all, uh, rest in peace, uh, Ted Lerner. 
from what I've understood, like he was a really good owner. Uh, I believe he is part of the cha- he was the owner for the 2019 uh, Nationals. Uh, anyways, uh, so I mean, he's a very influential, uh, not influential guy, but a big part of baseball uh, in the DC area. But last year we were uh, talking, Josh and I were talking about um, the Nationals potentially being sold. Mm -hmm. And um, they were trying to sell it, and then they tried to sell it with – that was partially the reason why they wanted to get rid of Juan Soto. Uh, They did, and then they ended up kind of going silent for a while. So, I mean, for me, I just felt like that was – I mean, this is a big deal just because – it doesn't seem like anybody wants the Nationals the Nationals team right now. So I don't really know how this works because I've never seen an owner die, basically, and and no one wants it. Uh, like with George King George, the Steinbrenner, uh, hmm. he – I mean, he gave it to his son, and Hal has run it. He's run it. Uh, <laughs> the Yankees <laughs> – so I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know. I wonder, like, just somebody's obviously going to buy it, and I wonder who and at what price. So, do you guys uh, do you guys feel like there's any? Do you guys feel like there's any sort of trend in terms of like, I don't know, like me, like people not as invested in baseball in terms of like wanting to buy a team, so to speak? Because I mean, like, yeah, like you said, what you what they went through with the Nationals, and then we just had the thing this offseason right with uh Artie Moreno and the Angels didn't what for whatever reason maybe he didn't get the price he wanted or whatever who knows but like was gonna sell and then didn't sell and then like so do you, do you feel like this is like an ongoing thing or do you think they're kind of isolated incidents I feel like everybody is interested in buying a uh baseball team it's just the fact that the only teams that are really for sale are shitty teams uh, sure. like the nationals you're you're put it it's not like a football team where one year you can just um like go from worst to first you are either you it's going to take some time and unless you're you have money like Stephen Cohen you can just buy all your all your players now and then start building from the ground up afterwards um Artie Moreno, I mean, he's got he was selling a team for about five seconds that was had real, two really great players, but they they dug themselves into a hole with like uh, a lot of bad contracts, um, and even to a certain extent, Mike Trout was a bad contract in in certain ways, sure. um, not necessarily a bad contract, but it hinders uh, the price tag of that team. So. Um, I mean, yeah, it, I think nobody wants to go out and buy the Nationals right now. Although I think that would probably be the best team. Uh, I think no one wants to go out and buy the Rays. Uh, because No one wants to buy the Athletics. So I, it, 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 it's kind of a weird team. The only teams that anybody wants to buy are the Mets, uh, the Dodgers, and they're not for sale. The Mariners, maybe. Uh, so Yeah, they want, they want more, more of that. More of those brands, I feel like. Yeah, they don't want to work so hard and yeah. put <laughs> money in. Rebuild, rebuild the whole thing. Yeah. Any any thoughts there, Edwards? I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. When the news broke, I didn't see it until Logan messaged us. And 
I didn't get a whole lot of time to look into it. I mean, I know who the guy was. I know he bought the team in 2016. He did have the World Series cha- World Series uh, in 19. So, I mean, he he was an older gentleman. I mean, it looks like he had a good run. It, it doesn't sound like he died in pain, so that, that's good for him. I know his family's going to go through a tough time right now. Um, just to put, you know, cover that side of things. So I, I didn't do a lot of research on, on Marner like Logan's got. So sounds like he was a good dude and it's going to have an impact in the community. And I just don't know. I, I don't know what the trend is that you get. I see the trend. Now you guys are bringing it to my eyes, but it's something I haven't considered. Sure. Baseball has had some comments by owners saying that they're not making money, that they're losing money doing, the, you know, owning the teams. And I mean, I don't know how to necessarily that's possible except for maybe the COVID year. So maybe it's gotten some bad publicity and people aren't willing to take the risk or put the investment in. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. That would just be my first thoughts, economically speaking. Yeah. I'd be curious to see, I'd be curious to see, like, obviously that was, that was a big uh, to do with the, uh, with the labor stuff, right. Was they weren't willing to show like if they were losing money or how much money they were losing or anything like that. Like they weren't willing to show their books or anything. So anybody's guess what their what the financial situations are but um so yeah i i think it'll be interesting i think um it's one of those like wait and see kind of things i don't know that again like logan said unless you're (laughs) cohen then i don't know that changes in ownership are usually that extreme or usually that have a lot of implications necessarily um, unless they just come in and be like, nope, I'm going to burn all my money and we're going to build this thing uh, quickly instead of slowly. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. So we'll uh, we'll obviously keep tabs on that. Um, so moving right along, uh, kind of the the second thing that we wanted to talk about was, uh, was a follow-up from last week. Logan, you weren't with us uh, physically. You were jumping in the comments pre- quite a bit, but... Uh, last week we, we kind of touched on something with realignment, uh, talking about rivalries and it kind of got Edwards and I thinking, or Edwards, you mentioned it in passing during the show and it got my brain working on like what kind of, we talked about the three major rivalries, right? So we've got Dodgers and Giants, we've got the Yankees and Red Sox, and then we've got the Cardinals and Cubs were kind of the three big ones that we talked about, right? And, but it got us kind of considering like, what are some rivalries that we, so I kind of have two questions here. First, what are some rivalries that we would like love to see? Like, what are some rivalries we want to see either gain some traction, whether it's young stars that are coming up together, whether it's two teams that just genuinely don't like each other, uh, whatever the case may be, young teams maybe that uh, could go against each other for a lot of years. And for me, so we're taking out like those, kind of traditional ones, the three that I mentioned, and let's take out any crosstown ones. So let's take a, take out like the Chicago White Sox, Chicago Cubs. Let's take out the Angels Dodgers, like those, those kind of crosstown, the, the A's and Giants. Let's take out those crosstown ones. What are some, Edwards, I'll let you kind of have the floor first if you have one. What are some rivalries that we would like to see kind of start to take place or start to take shape? Well, First, I'm a fan of regional rivalries, um, but there's something to be said about those rivals that you don't play as often as you do everybody else that's nearby. 
um, and they can be rather intense. I think a great matchup would be like a Braves-Dodgers because the Dodgers have been good for the last few years and the Braves are definitely on the upswing. And I'm I'm sure it's been a rival at some point or a rivalry at some point in time, but not in my lifetime, really. So I think that'd be a good rivalry setup, coast to coast. I like that one a lot because uh, it seems like not necessarily because the Dodgers have a good farm system, but it almost seems like, okay, the Dodgers have been so dominant, at least in the regular season for the, for the last decade. And the the Braves have kind of, they didn't really fall off necessarily, but they're kind of the young team coming up uh, of with all these guys that are locked down forever. Like they're kind of the next dynasty, so to speak. Uh, I think that would be a, that'd be a cool one. I like that one. Logan, you got any? Um, I think I have one. Uh, it's the Athletics and the Marlins. And it's only because <laughs> they are so shitty that I want they need to have some form of entertainment. And if there was a brawl every five minutes of that game, just being like, <laughs> I hate you, your team sucks. And you're like, your team sucks too. And they would just be awesome. I want everybody mic'd up. I, I want that. I, I just want it. Can, can we call? Can we call the Mariners shitty anymore? Though, like, I mean, they made the playoffs. Marlins. Oh, Marlins. My bad. I misheard you. Yeah. No, oh, I, I like never that. say anything bad about the <laughs> Mariners. Yeah, no that that I like that that I am on board with. You got the East Coast West Coast still a little bit, kind of. Um, yeah, both. Just yeah, oh my gosh, terrible, terrible franchises. Um, and I like to see them. I like to see the Mariners and the Yankees. Uh, I like I that one. Throwing I it back want, to the nineties a little bit. I want to see some gruff stuff. I want to. I want to see some evil Yankees again, and like almost like the Mariners are bad boys, but they're not like completely bad. Not as bad as the bully Yankees. I want to see that. I want to see just. I want to see fists. I, f- I feel bring, like the Yankees are still the boys, <laughs> yeah. right? right? We'll have paid enforcers on the team now. Yes. Uh, that'd be awesome. You see the, the catchers taking off their helmets and throwing down and everything. Like Jose Canseco has a job again. <laughs> that was good. That oh, was man, good. I love it. Well, so like uh, I see bourbon and baseball is popping into our, uh, our comments here a little bit. And so that made me think of one that we – we touched on last week, but there we go. There it is. Uh, mm, they're both too busy getting their asses is. kicked by the Astros. I was going to say Yankees and Astros has kind of started to become one a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I, I don't. I don't know. It. It's weird having to root for the Yankees in that rivalry just because they've uh, <laughs> they've been kind of the good guys in that whole scenario where the Astros were cheating and the Yankees were like, "Dude, this is fucked up." And so, but I mean, I like the Astros. So calm down, Susie, before you start commenting <laughs> something. Right. But, I got oh one my for gosh. Susie. Um, all right. So, uh, sorry, what was that, Josh? That, that got, so I got, I got another one for Susie. Yeah, I like it. Go for it. Um, one from my childhood the Astros and the Cardinals. There you go. We did touch on that one too. I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I I get scared of that rivalry. <laughs> That's why it's a rivalry. 
you love it, but you're afraid of it at the same time. It's it's a healthy respect. That's a good one. I'm trying to think of the if there are any like crazy ones. Maybe maybe like the Rays and the A's, since both of them are moving. Like <laughs> trying to move. <laughs> they both be the the transplants going against each other. Um, That'd be fine. I'm trying to think of like Who's we need a, so, we need who, another who Canadian so team so that we can get a Canadian rivalry. Yeah. Hey, Montreal Expos. I'm pretty sure I have the copyright claim to that one, so I am the full time owner of the Montreal Expos. There you go. I like Just it. Don't change the name. <laughs> I'm not changing the name. I will never do that. No, they will. They'll change the name before they move. Oh man. Uh, Hey, we have some some expos love in the comments. So Vandy yeah. Chris twenty four showing loving the loving the expos. Tom Brady, the two thousand twenty four catcher for the Montreal Expos. There Let's we go. go. I love it. Hey, I, if they still have the rights to him, <laughs> should. Uh, twenty I'll, odd years later, would I be able to address something though in the comment that I saw from Susie on Bourbon and Baseball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it. So she said, dude, the Rays would be awesome. So I was actually thinking, going back to the Nationals ownership type thing, um, I was thinking, you know, if a real owner bought the Rays and built a new stadium, the Tampa Bay Rays would probably have the best fan base. Uh, I mean, the Buccaneers kind of became came back to life after Tom Brady came, and everybody was like the biggest Buccaneers fan. I think I think I would put my money if I'm someone who wants to buy a team, I would buy the Rays, and I would I would stop with the whole we're gonna take Blake Snell out of the sixth inning of the World Series, and we would just <laughs> listen. There are analytics that needs to be in there, but not so much analytics right there. Anyways, there's my two cents on that. I was thinking about that today as I was driving home, and I was gonna try to work my way in there, and then I saw Susie. Great minds think alike. <laughs> or ours. I I I love I love the ideas of bringing like different teams into it. Like where where are the expansion teams going to come in, and like what kind of rivalries could we see? Maybe with that, like obviously it takes some time to develop a rivalry, right? Like it, you can't just like declare it, right? Like yeah. the Mets wanna, the Mets want to declare that they have a rivalry with the Yankees, and the Yankees are like, yeah, that's cute. Like yeah, that's not. <laughs> you can't just declare that you have a rivalry, right? Uh, so it or does the take Padres some- and Dodgers. Yeah, Padres and Dodgers is another good one. Like Padres are like, oh, we're the. Uh, I live in Arizona, so the Diamondbacks like. I feel like they're like desperate. I'm not a Diamondbacks fan, but like I feel like they're. I listen to the radio out here. They're like desperate for a rival. Like they, yeah, they're just like. Could we have the Dodgers? Could we have the Padres? Could we have? Could we have anybody? Can we just? Yeah. Can we have a rival? They can have the Rockies. They're they're. They're on the yeah, same level playing field. Yeah, I was gonna say, talk about uh yeah, Mets and Braves is a thing. That that is definitely a thing. Uh, Mets and Cardinals used to be a thing. Um I nice again. I like the idea of <laughs> the maybe Nashville not happening there, but I like I do like the idea of the Diamondbacks and Rockies only because that's another one like your like your Marlins and A's one where they're just they're just bad. Like, and like I, that being said, I do think the Diamondbacks will have some traction this year for what it's worth, but um, Andrew Chafin. <laughs> yeah. Back to them. He, he used to be with them. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, so that that's interesting. So yeah, rivalries. I feel like there there does play into some uh, time that needs to build. Uh, definitely some fisticuffs or maybe bean balls or brushbacks or whatever. Like some some kind of tense moments to build that up a little bit. Uh, pennant races are always good, right? For for rivalries, yeah. like uh, different. Uh, teams going at it until till the very end and so that can build some rivalries and whatnot like we had in in football with like the patriots and colts and stuff like that and so all that to say like i'm here for it i love rivalries they're a lot of fun but uh nothing will compare real to quick the... yeah yeah go i have a question on this topic for each one of you if you could make an instant rivalry there's instant bad blood any two teams in the league which two teams would you choose Instant bad blood. Like you could just poof, snap your fingers and it happens. Two teams. Braves and Phillies. I know that they already have a rivalry, but I want it to be a little bit more fiery. It's it, and I think it will get more fiery in the this year now that they're both pretty good now. Uh, yeah. I think that's my team really. I'm trying to think. I don't know, like the the Yankees and Astros, I feel like are almost there. I know, like that's kind of a cop out because they're already kind of building on it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm my, talking any two teams you want, any two. That would be fun. I want, I want like a random one. Like I, I want something out of the AL Central, right? Like they all feel like they're that. That's a division where it's like they all think they're rivals with each other, but it doesn't really grab any headlines or traction really outside of those markets. Um, so I would love to see two teams, especially maybe like maybe the guardians and and somebody else. Cause I like, uh, I mean, Francona's kind of got that old school feel to them. Um, I'm trying to think there's some good ones popping up in the comments, raise, yeah. raise Red Sox. That could be fun. Um, both of them need to kind of get a little bit better. Uh, I think yeah. that uh, Vandy Chris 24 brings up another good point of the Cubs and Cardinals. I don't know. You guys are more in tune with this being uh, Cardinals yeah. guys. Uh, the Cubs and Cardinals already a rivalry, but unless both clubs are top of the line, it kind of gets ignored. I, I think there's yeah. some truth to that. I think that um, honestly, They've I feel that been... a little bit with the Dodgers and Giants even mm-hmm. like, I think Yankees and Red Sox are the end all be all like they're always a rivalry. So I like, I don't think that ever doesn't get pub. Uh but yeah, I think Cubs, Cardinals, and uh, even more so, yeah, than than Dodgers, Giants. Yeah, unless they're both really good, they they definitely don't get as much pub as the other ones for sure. Which is part yeah. of the reason I want the Cubs to be good. Because being yeah. a St. Louis guy, I want the Cubs to be good so the rivalry means more. I like those prime time Saturday night, Sunday night games back to back. Those are fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. Um, I don't even have a rooting interest in the, in that one usually. Uh, and it's, it's just fun to watch. Hmm. Um, ooh, there you go. I like that one. Angels A's make each other, make each other hate each other. <laughs> um, so I actually like that one. I grew up in Southern California and the Angels A's was kind of a thing. It, just in that, in the Angels market anyway, like I grew up five minutes from Angel Stadium. So like I, I do feel that one a little bit. I like that one a lot uh, in the comments there. Um, but it, yeah, it, it doesn't get as much traction as normal. I like, 
I like that one though. That could be a fun one. Um, I think it would actually gain more traction just if the A's were better. I mean, they're both bad right now, but if the A's were better and maybe had like, I don't know, maybe if they moved to Vegas, then, then that one would be even more fun, but I don't know. Anyway. Uh, all right. Those are all really good ones. I love the rivalry talk. Uh, anybody else have thoughts on that put them in the comments. We'd love to talk more about that, but, uh, moving on, because I know this one's going to take us a while. Uh, I wanted to leave plenty of space at, uh, for the, the bulk of our show here. We're going to talk a little bit about the rule changes. We're going to kind of review those and get some thoughts on and some instant reaction on those. Let's talk about, so I'll go over, I took kind of the five main ones. Uh, there's some other minor tweaks here and there. Everybody knows the three major ones, but I put in a couple extras. So I'll I'll kind of go over them kind of one at a time and we'll kind of get some instant reaction and kind of what we're all thinking. Um, announced today, the first kind of minor one that we already have experience with seeing uh, but it is made kind of more permanent is the ghost runner as it's called, right? We have the X in extra innings. You've got the runner on second uh, that is becoming a permanent thing. They voted on that unanimously, uh, which I'm kind of shocked that anything happens in baseball unanimously, unanimously, but um, <laughs> that is one of, I'll just say it from my perspective first, like I, that is one of the ones that I hate. <laughs> I I do not enjoy the whole ghost runner pop proposition. Um, I would have much rather seen that as a more of a last resort kind of thing. Like give them a couple of extra innings at least to like play it straight up. And then if you want to do that in like the 12th, 13th, whatever, uh, then, then I'd be a little bit more cool with it, even though I don't like it. Um, but doing it right from the get-go in the 10th inning, I'm just not a fan of. What do you guys think? Josh, well, I know you're going to be a lot more vibrant pretty, on that one. Yeah. Um, I hate the ghost runner, period. So I'm, I'm, you and I actually agree on this one. If you're going to do it, do it in the 12th inning. Make them go three more innings of regular baseball. And uh, then throw the ghost runner in if you're that worried about it. But you're – you're doing too much, in my opinion, of changing the structure of the game and how scores are settled in baseball. Yeah, what'd you, what'd you think there, Logan? So, I must press, preface this. I went to a baseball game between the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks back in 2019. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun game. Jack Flaherty's pitching. And the game lasted 18 innings. <laughs> and it wasn't a good 18 innings. It wasn't even good nine innings. It was a one-run game the whole time, and then they tied it in the ninth. Anyways, it was 18 innings. Something you know needs I to be done. game on TV. Did you see me in it crying in the background? I was like, I didn't oh know you gosh. then, but I remember that game. Yeah. Anyways, but, uh, yeah, so something needs to be done because, honestly, I love baseball more than I love a lot of things. Watching an 18-inning game is really hard to do. Um, so something needed to be done. That being said, I hate the Ghost Runner. I think it should have come with something else. Like maybe it's a runner on second with one out already. Uh, so that way it doesn't take two fly balls to to win the game. 
I think that gets a little bit, it's like, okay, that's a little stupid. Although hitting a fly ball is really hard to do sometimes. Um, so something needed to do, like, just, I, 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 I was thinking uh, a swing off, a uh, home run derby at the end. Home run derby. Like, I heard, I heard, a, I think it was John Boy who said it last year, so I don't want to take full credit of it, but it was like a home run derby to end it, like a, uh, the comparison to a uh, slap shot at the end of a hockey game. Oh, my yeah, gosh, shoot I'm out. doing a shootout. 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 <laughs> shoot uh, sorry, I was thinking of the movie. Uh, I think that would be a better way to end a game, just end on a high note, because after the ninth inning, you can tell the t- the players are tired, they're exhausted, and they, they don't want to put too much effort because they don't want to waste all their energy now. So I, I'm just like, after the ninth inning, players just don't care anymore. They don't even care who wins or loses. It seems like so. It just it just make it quicker. I don't think the base runner was the best way to go though. So I would almost rather have a tie than the base runner. Like as as much as I don't, hate ties, don't say like, that. <laughs> don't say yeah, that. Yeah. You're going on a bad path there, buddy. I, I I know. I just I I don't like ties. Like don't get me wrong. The, like they're terrible. Uh, but I just, that's how much I don't like the ghost runner. Like that's, it's kind of the same level for me. Um, cause you, uh, to me, you are changing the structure of the game. Like I don't mind rule changes to speed up play or to end game. Like I, I get all the rule changes that are trying to be made, but most of them are not changing the actual structure of the game. And to me, like this changes putting a runner on second automatically yeah just completely changes the dynamic of the game and i'm like man everybody's swinging for home runs anyway like what's the point of putting a guy on second if you're all swinging for the fences anyway like just hit a home run like i mean (laughs) what what's the point of the runner uh but so that's that's one that's we've talked a lot about here and there so uh, I'll move on to the next one. The I, I thought the new one that was announced earlier today was really fascinating. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. And that's having to do with position players pitching, right? Excuse me. Position players can only pitch now in extra innings. They can't pitch during the game, uh, the quote-unquote regular game, or in the ninth uh, inning. So, however... In the ninth inning, the leading team can only do it if they're up by more than 10 runs. The losing team can only do it if they're behind by at least eight runs. So there are some parameters there where you can do it. You can't just throw it out if you're down four. Uh, It has to be more than 10 for the leading team, more than eight for the losing team, uh, and only the ninth inning or later. So I thought that those were some interesting parameters. What did you guys think of... First of all, just position players in general pitching, but then like kind of these extra boundaries, so to speak, on it. Uh, I'll let Logan go first this time. I so I uh, sorry. Uh, I, I I saw this and I was kind of shocked. I thought it was a joke at first because I, I I did not heard anything about it. Um, I thought. Maybe it was a, you know, I thought maybe it was a proposal or anything. No, it was official. Um, and I got to say, 
I love it. Uh, last year, I was I was getting bored out of my mind. Not bored. I was hating. I mean, hating the idea of like a losing team being down by six runs and then putting a position player in the in the pitch, and then they uh, and then the opposing or their teammates start laughing. I saw it with the Brewers when they faced the Dodgers. And they were just laughing, and they were losing by ten runs or something. And I'm like, "Don't enjoy this. This is not a. This is not some funny thing that is happening right now. You can't be enjoying that you are losing right now. That is not fun. That's not a good thing. And then even, I mean, I honestly, I hearken back to it multiple times, or I have in the last year, and it it still pisses me off. And I think it just turned into kind of a sideshow. And I I, I got kind of tired of seeing position players do it. And then if they ever got a home run hit off them and they had like three balls on, they had three balls and then they swung or the hitter swung and hit a home run. They were like, you know, that's not right. You're, you're not supposed to be swinging at a three Oh count. Tony LaRusso, you can suck my dick. Um, Anyways, (laughs) fuck Tony LaRusso. Anyways. So I, I I love this. I honestly I want to get rid of the whole gimmick. I think it was overplayed last year. It was stupid, and I hate it. And it was moronic. Yeah, we we might as well be the Savannah Bananas at that point. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're just gonna make it fun and silly, then go somewhere else. But uh, Edward Edward's thoughts on this? Oh man, did we lose Edwards? <laughs> No, I'm here. Ah, there we go. All right, what what's your what's your deal with position players pitching? Man, I'm kind of uh, I don't know. I don't like the rule. I mean, I understand what's behind it and everything. I, I my initial reaction is no, I don't like it. It who is the MLB to tell a manager how to use his players? Hmm. Like. I mean, I just, I don't like it. So you're you're just against the rule. Like, you don't necessarily have a problem putting position players out there to pitch. No, I mean, if your team's getting blown out or you're running out of pitchers, no. I think it's perfectly fine. I mean, what what MLB player at some point in his life did not get on a mound and throw the ball across the plate? They can all do it. They're I mean, they're paid to throw they're paid to throw accurately anyway, no matter what their position is, right? Like right, if you're an infielder, ball. you're trying to throw to first base. If you're an outfielder, you're trying to throw to the bases. Like they all know how to throw accurately. The part of the part that bugs me about it is they get up there and they throw 55 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you've got a cannon from right field, like throw yeah. the effing ball. Like what what are we doing here? Like where to me, to me it loses. I'm I'm kind of half and half with both of you. Like I, uh, I, I like this rule only to the extent that it prevents more of the ridiculousness of it. Um, I feel like it's the closest thing that we'll get to a mercy rule um, in in baseball, uh, which is a whole another topic. But um, you can I, watch a caught in the pickle episode for that one, right? Yeah. So I yeah. So I had uh, I had a caught in a pickle episode all about uh, kind of the this whole idea of different rule changes and and whatnot. But the, I, 
my uh, I can't remember who my guest was for that episode, but they put out the the mercy rule idea. Um, but um, I don't know. I <laughs> in the comments, you can't tell me you didn't love seeing Albert Pujols on the mound. Um, yeah, I can say that because I didn't. <laughs> no, I love no. I love Albert Pujols, but didn't enjoy seeing him pitch. Seeing the Cardinals um, winning by 16 to nothing and then end up the game winning, uh, winning the game 16 to six was kind of scary for me as a fan. I was like, okay, how long are we going to play this? But I do want to push back on Josh real quick because I feel like MLB did have to step in for a minute because pitch the position players were pitching in the sixth inning. And then it was just like they were giving up way too early. And listen, I understand trying to preserve your pitchers, but you got to put a little bit of effort. I mean, you people pay hundreds of dollars sometimes for tickets to these games not to see you give up halfway through the game. That's not yeah, good I'm, for business. That's not good for anything. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong there, but I'm saying if no. you're going to have a guy put a guy on the mound, he better be able to get the ball across the plate in a, in a decent fashion. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I got no problem with it, but just tell him, hey, you got to at least get it up there around 70, 75 miles an hour. And get it across the plate. Yeah, yeah. When when you're throwing when you're throwing pitches that like sixth graders could hit, like <laughs> that that's dumb. Like, come on, there, it, it's it's a little ridiculous. Like they can all throw harder than that. Um, and it's not cool to yeah, see I'm, a position player pitch an ephus. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm not I'm not against like. Like I'm not expecting them to get up there and have a five pitch repertoire, right? Like they're not they're not gonna get up there and throw like split fingers and sliders and change ups and all that. I'm not expecting that, but at least like throw the ball. Like <laughs> like you throw harder than that playing catch. Come on. Right. But, so I mean that that's my thing with it. I I'm I'm okay. I, I am with you, Edwards, that it, like I was kind of surprised that it was needed, but and with you, Logan, that I was surprised that like this was a thing that it just kind of came out of left field and was like, yeah, hey, we've got this new rule. And everybody's like, um, what? Um, so, yeah, I I get it. I don't like it, but I get it um, because, yeah, it, it puts some boundaries on the and this is one of those rules that I'm like, it's not necessarily changing the structure of the game. You can still do it if you want. You just can't do it during a certain time. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like the situation. It's not entertaining to me to see a position player pitch, but that part is what it is. So um, let me pull up my list here. All right. So another kind of minor one, um, not a ton to talk about, but the bigger bases, right? These are the ones that, uh, we're getting into the the three one the three rules that we kind of all knew were coming. Um, they've tested them out in the minors. They're going to start in 2023. Here, uh, first one is the bigger bases. You got three extra inches on the bases, uh, which I'm sure there will be a ton of jokes about uh, the extra inches this year, uh, whether it's from fans or groups or commentators or whatever. Um, that'll be fun, but. Three extra inches on the bags. Uh, I have seen that this has prevented, statistically has prevented some injuries down in the minors. Um, and so I, I'm on board with it from that point of view. Uh, 
I, I don't know any other thoughts with that. Like that's kind of my only thought on that is kind of the injury part of it. Like any, anything else that it's like kind of jumping out at you about that one. Logan, you want to go first or me? Uh, you can go. All right. So Shut I'm up, all Susie. <laughs> I'm all for it. I want the bigger bags. Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, the bigger bags cause coaches and players to run more, um, much more like baseball in the '80s and the early early '90s, before the steroid era got big and blew up and everybody was juicing. Um, I think that would make baseball more exciting. Uh, they'd have to produce runs. It wouldn't just be about the home run anymore. You could, you could run for scores. Um, you know, in the '80s, that's how the game was played. The Royals played that way. Minnesota played that way at times. The Cardinals were famous for playing that way. It wasn't about hitting home runs to win the game. It was about playing the game of baseball. That's singles, doubles, stealing, moving guys over, um, drag bunts. Oh, Jesus, of course. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, but I think that would be more exciting. I mean, that's baseball was a heyday in the 80s, and it's because it was fun to watch. Seeing teams manufacture runs is so much more fun than just watching guys hit bombs. And I love watching guys hit bombs. Don't get me wrong. I like it as much as the next guy. But seeing runs manufactured in the game of baseball being played in the art form in which it was designed and created to play is a beautiful thing. Because let's be honest, Logan and I have said it before, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball. And the manufacturing of runs is the most romantic offensive thing that can happen in baseball. Yeah, I think I, I wanted to address one of the comments. So Vandy Chris 24 is saying uh, it's called small ball colleges to perfect that to win in Omaha. No need for bigger bases there. Agreed, which is why I am and what you asked earlier, uh, why were bigger bases needed in the comments there? Um, the I don't know that it was needed per se. Um, I think the, the proponents of it saying that, oh, it's going to create more steals or it's going to create more action. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you've got three inches on both sides, so six inches total maybe that you're uh that you get a little bit more of a jump. I don't know. I think I think personally that base stealing is a little bit more of a lost art form. So I don't know that the distance will like you still have to know how to steal a base. Like you still have to know how to read a picture. You still have to know you still have to have speed. You still have to learn how to do it. And so I I don't see the the distance making that much of a difference on base stealing. However, so I, I'm not a big buyer into that. I am 100% buying into the injury thing, though, um, just because they tried it. They have statistical data to back up. Uh, hey, there's less collisions. There's less, uh, I mean, there's more space on the bag. So you're not running into each other. Or you're not stepping on each other. You're not uh, stepping on people's fingers and breaking fingers or whatever. Um, less which, jammed fingers and less uh, ankle injuries too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Whatever. So uh, I think that's more of um, not necessarily why we're bigger bases needed per se. Uh, but I think that that is, that was one of the driving factors behind it. And I think that that part is a really, really good thing. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of, um, yeah, guys like twisting an ankle on a base, right? And and being out for 
six weeks, which is a whole nother issue of tape it up and keep going. But um, <laughs> there, uh, yeah. but I, I, so I do like that aspect of it. I don't, I don't know, man. Everybody keeps saying, um, Susie's saying it too. Like everybody keeps saying that steals are going to tick up. I don't know that that's really the case. I mean, it's just, well, if I don't know, I, I just don't see it. Uh, I think, well, I mean, if you're adding three inches to each side, that's 12 inches because three times four. I'm about to do some math here. Hey, uh, no. there you go. Uh, anyways, uh, so that's 12 inches on one base. And then, like, say, so first base is tw uh, 12 inches uh, bigger, 12 inches bigger. And then uh, second base is 12 inches bigger. That's 24 inches. And I mean, that's a bit, I mean, you think about, you know, the best base dealer in the world, Trey Turner. He's, I mean, he's going to swipe some bags. Uh, he's going to take advantage of that because it's really hard to stop him anyways. And I think, I, I really do think, uh, I mean, steals are going to come up and, or definitely tick up. And it's going to, it's going to be a lot more interesting and pitchers are not going to be able, because really this this whole rule change, like uh, with the pickoff attempt, the uh, the yeah, you're only, so that's clock. one I didn't put. That's one I didn't put in the list. You're only allowed two pickoffs per at bat. Yeah, all the like all this is basically to say, hey, listen, pitchers, you've been a little bit too pampered lately. We need you to pick it up a little bit. So they've they've really focused on the pitcher, and so I mean, the pitcher ha can't just be like taking 20 minutes to dab his shoulder and you know all this crap he's got a he's got a really mean business whenever he's doing stuff and that's gonna speed up the game which is gonna make the game a lot more fun um and it's gonna it's gonna cause a lot more like you're gonna have to pay attention you you cannot just not pay attention to the runner at first you have to if you don't you will be there will be stolen bases thrown uh, off of you. And I do want to say, because I had this nightmare the other day, and I'm sorry, Josh, but I'm going to have to mention it. The St. Louis Cardinals just got a new catcher, and there's going to be a whole wall of, like, things against him. One of the things is going to be his defense. There is going to be an uptick of uh, stolen bases this year against the Cardinals. Not all of that is going to be because of who's behind the plate. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to judge it all up. I'm just saying it's that's going to be a factor. And I think Cardinal fans are not going to give uh, Wilson Contreras a fair shake uh, because they're going to be like, stolen bases went up so much. And it's going to be like, it's not all his fault. Some of it is just not all. Anyways, there's my thing. There's my piece. I've said it. Which is kind of like that is a thing though. Like I, I saw the stat the other day of like stolen bases against the Cardinals are like over what is it over the last like five years, ten years, eight hundred and fifty. Yeah, they've got like two hundred and fifty less stolen bases against them than the next five hundred. Like, five hundred. Is it five hundred? Uh, okay. Yeah. Like, less than it, the Diamondbacks. It was crazy. Yeah, it was insane. But I, but yeah, I think it. The I think the pickoff rule is actually more important than the base thing yeah. in terms of stolen bases. Like there's not going to be, and that leads us into the, our next uh, rule with the pitch clock is there's not going to be that 
that gamesmanship, so to speak, of like, oh, I'm going to stand here and stare you down and not step off. Like, you can't do that anymore. Like, the, or, or varying your, uh, like your pitch cadence, right? So like we would, uh, when I played, like you would, you would time the pitcher, right? And, and get a pitch cadence. And if the pitcher wasn't paying attention to his pitch cadence and not mixing it up, then you could time him and you could take off. And so that that's not going to be as much of a thing with the pitch clock. So let's, let's jump into that. The new pitch clock pitchers have 15 seconds to throw a pitch when the bases are empty. They have 20 seconds with base runners on batters have to be in the box within eight seconds, uh, which I love because no more Garcia Parra would have gotten strikes called against him all the freaking time. Um, but <laughs> the, the, so it's, I, I love equality. So I love that they do it for the batter and for the pitcher. <laughs> um, and so I, I am actually pretty for this rule, but I'll let uh, Logan, I'll let you start with, with the pitch clock. I, I like it. I, for the reasons I stated earlier, like it's going to be easier. Pitchers are going to have to really pay attention. They're getting, they're not going to be able to lollygag or, you know, do anything stupid. They're just going to have to pitch and go. And that's about it. You, you're going to have to do it. And it's going to, uh, it's going to quicken things up. And I like that. I, uh, when we interviewed Randy Carricker, uh, St. Louis sport ESPN uh, radio personality, he said in the minor leagues, uh, he saw that velocity pitcher velocity was going down uh, after the pitch clock because they usually use that time to recharge their arm. And I found that pretty interesting. Um, so I, I, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of injuries, and I feel like uh, we're going to see a lot of people blaming the pitch clock and making the pitch clock out to be some demon like they did whenever uh, they took away spider attack. Uh, Tyler Glass, now he got injured and ended up having Tommy John surgery, and he ended up blaming everybody. He was like, oh, this is horrible. I can't throw a pitch without spider attack. I'm like, okay. Anyway, so – uh, that's something I'm not going to have fun yelling at people about, but whatever. It's like, you don't use spider tech in little league, man. Like what? No. <laughs> like, I don't understand why it's such a big deal for, for professional players to not be able to adjust to a ball. Like I get it. Yeah. They're professionals. They can notice the difference in balls. I get it, but they're Since league or in little league either, so I don't know. Uh, but but uh, Edwards pitch clock. What do you like? Oh, I'm for the pitch clock. I think it's it's. I'm thinking of it like a shot clock or a play clock in football. Um, I'm going to give it its fair shake. I'm going to try to be positive about it, but. My initial thoughts are I want to like it, so hopefully I will. Um, I think we'll have we'll see a dramatic change in the pitching like Randy Carricker brought up in our interview with him. Um, those guys who take a long time are those guys who throw 100 all the time. Jordan Hicks is one of them for the Cardinals. Um, they take time, long time between their pitches. So hopefully this will help speed up the game. I think they're saying it shaves like 19 minutes 
in the minor leagues or something. I don't know the exact stat. Um, but I, I think it's all going to – the bases, the pitch clock, the, the, the pickoff limitation, I think that's all going to help contribute to more running in baseball. At least that's my hope. Um, just because I think it's more fun that way. But I think the pitch clock could be a good thing, and it, it, it may be a step in the right direction for the MLB. And I, I do want to say, you know, I don't – like obviously spider tech is bad – or not – not bad, but it affected velocity and it affected um, drop. Or uh, yeah, drop. Sure, we're you not can't get saying, the same spin. Not, you can't get the same spin rate. You can't get the same velocity. Like I get it, but yeah, and but like spider, uh, not spider tech. Uh, sunscreen and rosin is totally fine, and we we're. I mean, I'm okay with it personally. I I, I think getting a better grip is fine. It's just spider tech affected your velocity. It was kind of like a pitcher's version of steroids in a way. So, but anyways, that's, I wanted to say that real quick. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I love all the college analogies that Vandy Chris is, is bringing here. Like I just, they've, they've instituted a lot of this in the, in the college ranks. Um, is he a VSN guy? What's that? Is he a VSN guy? Uh, I think so, but I can't remember who it actually is. So Vandy Chris twenty four. All, all I know is your uh, your username. I can't place you if you're if you're with VSN or not. But um, that's interesting. So he brings up this point: you can't take your time. The velos do drop around the fifth or sixth inning, so it'll make teams have better middle relief. Which I don't know. I I feel like that could be a negative. Like to me, I already feel like there's too many pitchers. But um, that's just that's just my thing. I don't know. Um, that's really interesting, though. I w- I would love to see some of what you were talking about, Logan. I would love to see some like kinesiology science behind the as you put it, the recharging of your arm, like taking that, those breaths taking care, like taking a minute to kind of gather your, your body back to then deliver this violent pitch again. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So, uh, excuse me. Let's, oh, all right. Uh, let it, let's move on to, uh, the last one here, uh, which is, I know Edwards has some very visceral feelings for, but, uh, the shift restrictions, I'm not calling them shift bans because I don't like that terminology, but the restrictions, uh, illegal formations, so to speak, that's the one that I like. Uh, But infielders have to be on the dirt or infield grass, depending on the ballpark. But uh, infielders have to be on the dirt and only two on each side of second. So what what were your thoughts with that, Edwards, uh, bringing that into the, the next season here? So I have two points of view on this. One is a, as a somebody who believes these athletes are overpaid for playing a game. Um, if you're getting paid that kind of money, you better learn how to hit against the shift, and you better learn how to hit the other way, like they did when I was growing up in the '80s and '90s. Um, the other side of me loves it because I don't think they're good enough, and I think it'll add more excitement if you don't have three guys stacked on one side of the field, or sometimes even four. Um, so I'm actually all for the shift limitations and hopefully they have a good impact this year and hopefully it produces more runs, higher scoring games. Can a guy, a question, can a guy win comeback player of the year 
as a result of a rule change. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Joey Gallo. Gallo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. He's going to have a career year for sure. Like he's one of those guys where I'm thinking like, uh, and I did an episode on this specific rule as well of like just the statistics behind how many shifts are employed. Uh, I'm sure left-handed hitters are jumping for joy that this is going to happen because it was employed against them. Most of uh, the, most of the time it was lefties that it was happening against. So like I, this is one of the points that always comes up with, with the shift, right. Is, is bunting as a lost art form again. Um, And I think it'll actually bring up a change in excitement. Like we are, like we're talking about with the bases and pickoff stuff with the base running. I think this will change the excitement of fielding a little bit. Like guys are going to be more spread out. Balls aren't going to be hit right to them. We're going to see a lot more athleticism from the different positions and a lot greater defensive plays, uh, more, more web gems from back of the day. I don't even know if they still do those anymore, but uh, web gems and that the guys will have, and that'll be a lot more fun to watch a lot more highlight reel type stuff. Um, Cause nobody likes a line drive hit right at the shortstop playing in shallow right field. I mean, it's just, that's not fun to watch. Like I would much rather see a, second baseman laying out and making an amazing play on that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all for it. I, I mean, we have illegal formations and illegal um, positions in every other sport. So why not baseball? Uh, I don't think this one changes the structure of the game uh, as much. Like you're still playing baseball, still got to catch the ball, still got, like, still got to make a throw all that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I am with Vandy Chris 24 on that. I'll bring it back up. The, that like as a hitter, as the type of hitter that I was, I want the shift as a hitter. Cause yeah, I'm dropping down a bunt and I'm using my speed and I'm getting down the line. I'm getting on base. Uh, it's that, <laughs> it's that, that terminology from uh Moneyball, right? What does he do? Gets on base. Gets on base. <laughs> and you can do that a lot better when, when somebody's got everybody playing away from where you're going to bunt the ball. So um, and yeah, like, like what I was saying, there's another comment down there. I love seeing the, a Dansby throw from shallow, right. To gun down, I've run the, the ship takes that away. So, um, yeah, I am, I am all for it. Um, I'm cool with this iteration of it. I know there were some other proposals like banning all shifts and banning this or that or whatever. Um, I think this is a good kind of compromise or or kind of middle ground so to speak of like okay you can still move around you can still like there's some caveats in it like you have to stay in your position for that whole inning uh so like you can't have a shortstop all over like where the second baseman is or like you can't swap your second baseman in your shortstop positions uh if you start the inning at second base you have to stay at second base uh, now you can switch it the next inning, like, and maybe that comes into play strategy wise. Maybe you're like, oh, these three hitters are all left-handed hitters. We want our better fielder on the right side of the infield. Hey, let's put our shortstop over at second base. I don't know if that would happen, but that is a caveat to that rule that you have to end. You have to play the whole inning at your position, basically, is what it is. So I didn't know that part. Yeah, so that was a that was a caveat that I learned today, actually. Uh, okay. in, in so I never, I don't think I ever heard that. 
Yeah. So I, I thought that, 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 that was interesting. Uh, just an interesting little kind of side note to that, but, um, Hey, we got an appearance by the out of your Falcon mind guys. I love it. Um, so that is all the new rule changes. If you had to, if you had to pick one, like, what do you completely on board with? Like if you have anything that we talked about today, if you picked one thing where it's like, Oh, I'm really excited to see this this year. Like, what would it be kind of out of everything that we've talked about and, and how it changes the game? I'll let uh, Edwards go first. Oh, I would go. Uh, I guess I would say pitch block. I'm excited to see how that affects pitchers and batters and base running. That's my thing. I figure you can you can time things a lot better with with the pitch clock now. Like what, what's your what's too. yours, Logan? What what jumps out at you the most? Well, I'm excited about the chef. Thank you for asking, Josh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the shift is the thing I'm most excited for, and I want to I want to go back. You know, ever I always hear old school guys, and I'm not picking on you, Josh, but I, I'm just saying I always hear old school guys saying, you know, you gotta if you can't hit uh, against the shift, then you you shouldn't be in in Major League Baseball. And I go. Listen, pitches today are different than they were back in the 80s, 60s, and 50s. Uh, they, they throw, they have so much more movement on their balls. They have so much more velocity. So you have to know where the what the pitcher is going to throw. You have to know where he's going to throw it. You have to adjust to where he's going to pitch. You have to know where you're going to hit. You're going to try to hit it. On top of that, if you keep the shift. You have to know, hey, I have to learn, which I don't know about you guys, but whenever I tried to hit opposite field, that was pretty hard as a kid. Um, that's that's not easy to do. So you have to do all this as a hitter, and on top of that, you got to be able to get on base. And listen, yes, you can bunt, but if, 50, if every lefty on a baseball team bunted because the shift is really against the lefties, it's, it doesn't really affect the righties as much. It affects them a little bit, not too much. But it only affects the uh, lefties. So every lefty hitter is going to be bunting, 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 bunting. And it's just stupid. And it doesn't add anything to the game. Bunting is a fun thing when it's done once every, you know, once every game, twice a game maybe. But it's not fun after you know, you see it 15 times a day. Um, so, I mean, and yes, you can say all you want. You go to learn how to hit the opposite way. Sorry. you. It's, it's honestly, it's impossible. It's close to impossible. Ted Williams used to say the hardest thing in the world is hitting that little ball with your tiny bat. Basically. <laughs> I can't remember the exact quote. So I, it's, you can't add to it and then just say, oh, well, you got to be able to do it. Brown ball, That's round ball, and hit it square. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get that. And coming from a guy who was kind of the first one that the shifts really got going against, like that's <laughs> – yeah, I don't know. I just – there is a part of me, though, that does like the – the slash and dash type of player. Like, no, is, is it, is it easy? No. Uh, is it 
like, yes, the, the pitchers are a lot different than they used to be. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe if we saw some of the, some of the rule changes with pitchers in terms of like what we've been talking about um, and another thing that I'll touch on later, but uh, if we saw some rule changes with the pitchers to where it made it more possible, because I think what you're touching on, I think it was easier to hit to the other side, like back in the day, so to speak, like it is easier to push the ball the other way, bunt the ball, slash the ball, whatever, let the ball travel in the zone. That's what we always called it. Let the ball travel a little bit um, and whatnot. So I think that, I think that that was easier to do than it is now uh, with the way that pitchers are and what they're throwing and how hard they're throwing. So maybe, I don't know, maybe some of these things make it easier for batters to learn that again, to where they are learning this art form of hitting the other way and, and whatnot. And, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe a course corrects and makes hitting a little bit more of a broad gift than just pulling the ball and launch angle and all that sort of stuff. So. And like you said earlier, like on the defensive side, nothing is more boring than when the the fielder knows exactly where the ball is going to be hit because of the little piece of paper in the back of his pocket that he just looks at, at, at after every batter. They just Ooh. take three steps left and they know exactly, and it's hit right to them. And it's just like, that's not fun. That's not athleticism. That's that's a little bit too much of a nerdy chess uh, that's from analytic. the analytics de- analytical department. And that's what that I is say. one. That is one thing they need to get rid of. By the way, if I were to, if there was paper and with baseball. all these rule changes, like you can't take a piece of paper out with you onto the field and be looking at your little cheat sheet be- between mm. each batter. To yeah, me, that on, is hold on, hold on. mind-boggling. Let me play devil's advocate. Football players get to wear wristbands with the plays on them. Yeah, I don't like that either. Like what? Neither do I. No, I don't like that either. Like uh, to to me, like what happened to having to be smart and Mm -hmm. having to internalize those things and having to remember those things? Like I, like I, oh, I can't stand that. Like you don't get a you don't get a cheat sheet to take out on the field with you. Like what happened to athletes being also mental creatures of like, that was something that set you apart as a player, right? Like this guy could have all the talent in the world, but he doesn't know what this guy did last inning, or he doesn't know where this guy hits the ball most more often than not. And so he doesn't adjust by himself. Like to me, that is mind boggling that you are allowed to take a cheat sheet out to tell you where to stand on the field like to me, that's no different than the stupid laser pointers that everybody was all up in arms about. Like mm. you, what's the difference between using a laser pointer and taking out a cheat sheet? Like no, yeah. like what what happened to having to be smarter than the other guy? And, and also, just awful. I hate it so much. And also, like when you were a kid, you used to learn like the way that the hit the batter held his bat how where it was positioned and what the pitcher was throwing and you had to kind of guesstimate hey it's going to be outside so you got to move a little bit more center you got if you're an outfielder if you want to if you're uh if the pitcher's going to throw a fastball you got to move a little bit more back uh and so it and so like that's a lost talent that i wish would come back uh i don't know if you guys remember field of dreams where uh they were talking about how shoeless Joe Jackson, they used to say that he would, he knew where the ball was going to be before it happened. And it was because he could read the batters and he could read the pitchers. And a lot of other hit uh, players could do that. Um, 
I think that's how uh, Cal Ripken Jr. was so good at shortstop being such a big no. guy. Like yeah. he wasn't the most athletic guy, but he knew where the ball was going to be. And yeah. he knew the hitters so well that he could adjust. That was something that I appreciated in his game. And uh, Vanny Chris 24, again, like brings up this thing in, in college is earpieces for the pitchers and catchers. Um, uh, I don't know. Like that, that's still bordering borderline for me. Um because I do like the gamesmanship of um, trying to be out at second base and steal a sign or something like that, like as a runner. Um, so I yeah. don't know. Edwards, you got a thought? So I don't uh, I don't like the pitch com in the MLB. Um, I think it's neat technology. Don't get me wrong. It's cool, but I do not personally like it. I Obviously, with what the Astros did with the sign, the sign stealing, the whole – fiasco there that kind of screwed things up but i always thought it was part of the game and was always raised and taught to play the game is watch the pitcher watch the catcher look for a sign and that's when you learn when to go um i always felt like that's part of the game so I, i'm not a big fan of the pitch com I'm, I'm i don't like the idea of earpieces for the catchers and the pitchers but that's just me being an old fogey <laughs> Any any thoughts on that, Logan, with the with the pitch com thing? Uh, I think it's going to get hacked eventually, and it people are going to be shocked that it does, and it's they might uh, literally get shocked. <laughs> Listen, right? we may have another Jose Altuve. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, Susie, uh, but yeah, it's I I I remember the first game of the twenty two season. And I was watching the Cubs. I think it was against the Reds. And they zoomed in right on Wilson Contreras using the buttons as he was about to put the pitch. And they said, oh, is that going to be a fastball? And it, and it was a fastball. And I was like, guys, you can't do that. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that, that is so counterintuitive. And uh, I wanted to address Vandy's uh, – the poor coaching on the hitting coaches. That is poor coaching on the hitting coaches if you are hitting in the same spot every time. The hitting coach does not control how, like, like, the hitting coach's job is not to make, like, it is to make you a better hitter. But <laughs> I think they overvalue what the hitting coach's job really is. It's like, oh, you spend five minutes with the hitting coach and all of a sudden you're out of a slump. No, 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 no. Your, your job as a hitting coach is to analyze the batter and make sure that everything that all their mechanics are good because you need an outside opinion. And so it's not within the, like, it's not something that the hitting coach can control. Like everybody want everybody on the Cardinals. And I only make fun of the Cardinals because I know them that everyone made fun of or hated Jeff Albert because, Oh, you know, Albert was in a slump. Paul DeYoung is in a slump. This is all Jeff Albert's fault. And I'm like, it's not Jeff Albert's fault. It may be, but it's not all his fault anyway. So I, I hate I hate it whenever they blame pitching coaches and hitting coaches. That's kind of – I mean, coaches are going to get blamed, right? I mean, it's the same in every sport. Like, yeah. no matter – like, oh, the OC gets fired because the offense sucks in football or whatever. Like, okay, it probably wasn't just him. But yeah, <laughs> uh, execution they're, they're the ones. Matters. They're the ones that take the fall. Um, it and kind of the buck stops with them. So, um, yeah. So, all right. 
All that being said, we got all the rules out of the way. So I do want to uh, go ahead and start closing things up here. We'll start with our uh, three and out questions. A um, lot of comments in here. I'm trying to kind of sort through kind of which ones I like. Um, Logan and Edwards, you can kind of take a look. I, will I got one. I'll, I'll oh, start with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, you got one. Go for it. If I steal yours, I'm sorry. Uh, urban and baseball. Okay. So (laughs) hypothetical, I I knew I was, uh, question then, uh, if spider tech was allowed way back when, would you be okay with it then? No, I would not be okay with it because like I said, it affects the way it affects your velocity and your, uh, movement as a pitcher. And if you're Max Scherzer and you already, or, uh, Jacob deGrom, and you already have astounding movement and velocity, Adding to that, adding three more miles an hour to your velocity and then also uh, six more inches to your movement. I don't think it's that egregious on the movement, but that's just a number. Um, three more inches. That's that's such a big advantage as a pitcher. And it, it and like I said, it is kind of like uh, steroids for, um, for pitchers, in my opinion. So I, I think that's... Yeah, I feel like if it was allowed way back when, it would be banned by now. Like it, it, it'd fall into the category of like the spitball, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> you it's it's the same kind of thing. Like you put spit on a ball, it's going to drop two feet. Like, I mean, it's it does change and it's different than like licking your fingers and just, just to get a grip. Like there's a difference between just getting a grip uh, so that's where, uh, kind of her secondary comment there about, uh, sunscreen or rosin or whatever, there's a difference between getting a grip. So a ball doesn't slip out of your hands and kill someone yeah. versus the kind of, yeah, what well, kind of what you're saying to where you're, you are influencing the actual, yeah, you're you're influencing the actual flight pitch itself, of the ball, like the pitch yeah. itself, like yeah. whether it's spin rate, whether it's break, whether it's velocity, what like whatever it is. Yeah, would so if you take that away, is a guy going to throw a slider that he's not as comfortable with? Um, if he doesn't have the spider tack, no, and that gives an advantage to the hitter, like and it and it creates more plays. So I feel like yeah, the <laughs> the guys that were having to adjust um, that were getting blown up as soon as they outlawed the, the spider tech. Um, yeah. Hey, guess what? They adjusted. Most of them did. I don't glass. Now didn't. <laughs> <Poor Glassnow. laughs> um, but yeah, Island. So, all right, moving on to another question. We kind of touched on it earlier. Um, what is, we we're talking about all these different rules. If, if you could institute a rule, uh, this, this will be our strike two question. If you could institute a rule, what would it be? Like none, none of the ones that we talked about already, if you could do a new rule for baseball, what would you choose? And I'm going to pick on, I'm going to pick on Edwards a little bit because he's more of the traditionalist here. So Edwards, if you could pick a new rule, what would it be? I would get rid of the Buster Posey rule. Ooh, interesting. Immediately. You want more collisions at the plate and, and yes. not being able to play? I no. I want <laughs> I want players who are conscious of their size and ability 
to be able to do the job that was originally intended to do. Your job is to protect that play at all costs. Buster Posey was a small little dude playing a big man's position. He was a hell of an athlete, great catcher, great hitter, but his quote-unquote fragileness, I don't want to say that because that sounds rude and mean. <laughs> Just because he was who he was and the way he was built, um, he took one too many hits, and it, it, it's a risk you know when you play that position. And I don't think they should have made it a rule to protect the players. They know what they're getting into. They know what they've signed up for. Um, yeah, I just don't like it. So I'd get rid of it. That's interesting. I I have mixed I have mixed feelings about it because I am I'm all for preventing injury. However, I do like keeping aggressiveness in the game. So it's like it's it's a really it's a really fine line and obviously like I'm a huge Buster Posey fan. And so not having him for a year was really, really sucky. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I don't know that I can make a call on that one. Being well, a catcher is inherently dangerous is my oh, point. hundred percent. I mean, it is the most dangerous position. Well, second most dangerous position on the field. Because pitchers are pretty vulnerable after they throw a pitch and a liner comes back at them at 120 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, I would I would push back on that one, but I'll get back to it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, but catchers is the most physical position on the field. They're supposed to be the toughest players. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't like the rule, man. I, I just don't. I like it. I like your stereotypical catcher. Six foot two, 235 pounds. Built like a brick shit house, and can gun the ball down to second base. Brick shit house, and can't hit worth a lick. <laughs> I did not say that. I, I want anyone. I want everyone to know that. Uh, uh, no, I no, I respect catchers. I used to play catcher. Uh, like I get it, but uh, no. I was. I was not one of the stereotypical size catchers either. Like I'm a I'm a smaller guy, so. Um, there, there's a personal side of it to me where I'm like, yeah, yeah, pr- protect me a little, please. But, uh, but I only, I only played for a couple seasons, so it's not as big a deal to me. But, um, all right, so interesting, Logan, fire oh. away. What's, what's your rule? Oh, my rule. Um, yeah, take paper out of baseball. So take the cards out. So yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I think that needs to go, which apparently I don't, I don't mean to keep doing John boy, but, uh, they interviewed the rule, uh, Raul Banez, who is one of the rule changers. Apparently I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Random guy to have on that committee. Yeah. I mean, that's cool, but still, uh, so, and it was a couple months ago and, uh, they were talking about how paper and baseball was Go, they're trying to work on getting rid of that too. So, um, I like it. That's good. And I didn't hear that. the catcher's thing, I, I, I don't like the the catcher being planted on the ground and having a two hundred and twenty pound guy going forty miles an hour at him, full force, and just ramming into him. That's I think that's more dangerous than most football collisions. Uh, don't quote me. On, I mean, don't quote me on that, but still. Uh, I think that's I, I I don't like that I don't like that aspect of the game. I don't miss it. I don't need it. I 
And I also, I'd rather have a game where I see Yadier Molina, Buster Posey, JT Romuto, uh, Maurer. Maurer, who probably would have played a lot longer if he had, if that uh, rule had been enforced earlier. So, anyways. Yeah, I I have, I think there's a, there's a side effect to that, or uh, I don't know if a side effect, but like background to that of, like, you're not really allowed to retaliate anymore either. So, like, I remember stories of, like, Nellie Fox, right? Like, way old school player. But, uh, and so, I don't, if nobody knows who that is, I don't mind. But <laughs> uh, he was super small player. But he was middle infield and would, like, one of the things that other teams knew was you don't mess with Nellie. Like, you don't come barreling into second base and run him over because he's such a small guy. Or our pitchers will kill you. Like, yeah. they will drill you in the head. And with that being gone from the game, that whole retaliation factor being gone from the game, I think you would need to bring that back to an extent if you're going to allow guys to run over the catcher. Like, okay, you can run over the catcher, sure, but just know you're going to be risking something when you get back up to the plate. Um, that that kind of old school grit of retaliation or eye for an eye type of attitude um, isn't so much in the game anymore. And I think part of that is because pitchers are throwing so hard and like, it's a lot more dangerous, I think, than it, than it used to be uh, to do something like that. And so it's very kind of poo-pooed on now of, Hey, you don't, you don't throw at guys really anymore. Um, still happens obviously, but, um, and there's still right ways to do it, but yeah, like it's, it's that old school of like, Hey, if you're going to run over my guy, you're going to get drilled in the head, like knock it off. And so I, there's, if you're going to do away with the rule, then you got to allow players to police themselves a little bit too is, is my take, but I agree. So. Um, yeah, there, <laughs> Vandy Chris, don't kid yourself. That plunk is still <laughs> part of the game very much. So yeah, yeah, but not, not like it used to be my man. Like yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't, you didn't get, have guys tiptoeing into the box knowing something's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, my my yeah. favorite uh, message of the day. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, all right, so let's go back. I will touch on this. I honestly don't have a whole lot to say on it, but uh, Vandy, Chris, you're showing your uh, where you're from a little bit. But uh, question number three uh, for three strikes and we are out. What are the Marlins doing in trading J.J. Blade to the A's? And I think that was for... What's the guy's name? Puck? AJ, AJ Puck. Puck. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't have a whole lot to say to this because I'm not like super deep into these guys. So like w if you guys have any thoughts on this um, um, and Vandy Christian, we might have to have you on the show to talk about it. But uh, any any thoughts on this last question? Here? I am looking at their uh, at their uh, baseball references right now. I mean, Puck they're both is a, former first rounders. I know that much. Uh, Puck is a solid relief pitcher, um, and I mean, he had a really good FIP last year—a three. I'm sorry, a three sixty-eight FIP. So, I mean, if I, if I'm a Marlins fan, I'm I'm not hating this. Um, I, he's been in the league since 2019. J.J. Betty, uh, in his small stint with the uh, Marlins last year, he uh, played in 65 games, 
238 plate appearances uh, and had a 586 OPS, a 277 on base percentage, and a 67 OPS plus. So maybe the Marlins were like, listen, we can't, he's not really that good for us. So maybe the athletics can do something. And meanwhile, we can bolster up that bullpen, which was kind of lacking. Yeah, I like uh, Susie coming in with some more info on that too. I think I think Vandy Chris has a soft spot because he was a he was a Vanderbilt guy, and from the username, I'm assuming that Vandy Chris is a Vanderbilt guy. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. So AJ Puck is an MLB ready pitcher, whereas Blade needs work still and hasn't really proven himself is what uh, Susie's take is. This is what I like uh, with the baseball world, right? Everybody's kind of got different different information and can kind of help each other out so i like that edwards did you have any thoughts on that or was this kind of like like me it wasn't really on your radar so to speak so it wasn't really on my radar from all i saw on it i the only thing i can make of it is it's about fit what they need holes are trying to fill it, it other than that it doesn't make much sense to me except where they felt like it was something they needed to do yeah i i feel like this is now from what Susie is telling me like it does seem like an A's type move, right? Like they're giving away an MLB pitcher for a prospect uh, that hasn't really proven themselves. But um, oh, there we go. Hey, glad we glad we answered the question. <laughs> there we go. Man, Susie's on it. He raked at Vanderbilt. Not the same hitter in the bigs. I'm assuming that's what she meant. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where the bugs are, but, um, yeah, all right. Any, any other closing thoughts? Uh, well, I will say my, I forgot to say my one rule, but I think I would be with Logan on the, uh, no paper and baseball <laughs> kind of thing. Like you want to do all your analytics leading up to the game, be my guest, but no, you don't get to, you don't get to pull a piece of paper out of your hat or out of your butt or whatever. And, and a salary floor do that too. Yeah, I do like the salary floor. And uh, a cap. Yeah, yeah, you can't have a floor without a cap, I feel like. But, yep. Um, all right, so, all right, Edwards, I'm going to put you on the spot. Since that is our uh, three strikes and you're out segment, I would like you to give us, just like you do your stretch at the beginning, give us your best strike three call and we are out. And so you'll give us strike three and you're out of there and we will see you all next week. No show on Friday. We'll see you all on Monday, three strikes and we are out. Be, uh, before we go. Oh yes. Uh, if you're watching this on the variety sports network main channel, don't watch it on the VSN <laughs> baseball channel. We have just opened our v- VSN collegiate. We have just opened VSN football, VSN baseball. Uh, all of this is going to be on the link down below in the description. If you haven't already subscribed, you're going to be able to see Back That Astros Up with our own bourbon and baseball girls, Susie and Shelby Miller. Not that Shelby Miller. Uh, <laughs> they just interviewed uh, the Hispanic announcer for the uh, Francisco somebody. I can't remember his name, but it was a great oh, interview. Name, yeah. Oh, it was uh, a great interview. But for the Astros, and that was a great one. Uh, we also have Birds at Bush, where Josh hosts a great show. He's so good. Uh, and then we also have a new show brought to you by Josh Lewis. I don't know if we're ready to announce that one yet, or we kind of have announced it, but 
Uh, yeah, we started talking about it, but we'll yeah, we'll have a Giants one facing the Giants. We're yeah. we're talking Giants baseball and uh, thinking thinking baseball now, uh, which baseball will now. Uh, first real episode will be on Friday. So we are going to be, uh, so yeah, we. Uh, oh, you know what? I think I do know who Vandy Chris is. So I'm sorry, Vandy, for all the shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bud. Uh, anyways, so um, anyways, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Go subscribe because this show will not be on the main channel for much longer. All of our socials down there, bottom of the screen. Go do it. All right, Edwards, give us your your best umpire impersonation and send us off. Strike three, you're up. We are still live.